This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. You've got to pick up every stitch. Ooh, must be the season of the wind. Must be the season of the wind. Must be the season of the wind. Hello and welcome to the final episode in the 2022 Halloween Spooktacular. I'm your host, Pato. So yeah, this is the final episode. It sort of worked out perfectly considering the film I am covering. Uh, But yeah, I've had a really good time just being able to talk about horror-themed movies with its own designated time of the year, I guess. Halloween is the perfect time to recruit newcomers or the unconverted and... Yeah, revisit some films that I am quite fond of and explore some new ones that are making their way into cinemas um, and streaming. So, yeah, it's been a really good time to catch up, really. Um, A lot of these films are films that I've wanted to talk about or films that uh, were on my watch list and I finally got a chance to actually go and see them or... Yeah, just just really catching up, and that's what's been really good uh, about it. But today's episode is Halloween Ends, uh, which is the third film from the David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride trilogy, Uh, a film that has really garnered a lot of hate online, and I'll get into that, but I don't really get it. Um, It's a film that I actually quite enjoyed, and coming off Halloween Kills, which was a film that I didn't really like, I was surprised that this film took a vastly different direction than what I was expecting. It wasn't the same thing over and over again, which was really refreshing. But do be warned, the trailer is incredibly misleading. Uh, If you're going into this film thinking you're going to get a Michael Myers and Laurie Strode showdown, that is part of it, but not really. I I mean, it makes up the last 15 minutes of the movie, but up until that point, it's a a vastly different story, something that the franchise has uh, hinted at uh, over the years, but something that it's never been game enough to really go down that path. So I I was quite happy with what uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride did here. I think that they sort of looked at what I guess fans saw in those first two films and thought, well, you know what? People are kind of over the whole Michael Myers, uh, you know, attacking people. We're only two movies in. So how are we going to make a third movie work? Uh, Let's focus on something else. So I'll get into all of this and um, be warned, uh, minor spoilers ahead. Um, Well, maybe just spoilers ahead. Look, if you haven't seen Halloween Ends, don't listen to this. Go and watch it first and then come back and give this a listen. I do have some thoughts and I can't really get into them without discussing the overview and the the general synopsis, which I guess in itself is a spoiler because the film wasn't marketed this way. So, yeah, look, there's your warning. Uh, Go and check it out if you haven't already, but let's get stuck into this one. So take it away, trailer. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. 
was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. So Halloween Ends was directed by David Gordon Green and stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy Matichak, uh, James Jude Courtney as The Shape, Rowan Campbell, Will Patton, and Jesse C. Boyd. Uh, and the film essentially follows the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, who comes to a, a spine-tingling climax, yada, yada, yada. That's not what happens. This film follows a character named Corey, played by Rowan Campbell, um, and essentially, Corey, uh, we, we cut to this this opening sequence, which is one year after the events of Halloween um, 2018 and Halloween uh, Kills. And essentially, uh, Corey is babysitting this little brat, um, and he accidentally kills him. Uh, the kid's playing a prank on him. Um, Corey's a bit on edge because uh, we see, you know, Michael's still on the loose. Uh, that he's not hasn't been definitively killed, even though he's suffered severe injuries. Uh, but yeah, he's still still on the loose. And um, this kid plays a prank to say, "Hey, Michael's in the house." Locks Corey in the attic. Um, and as Corey busts through the door, he knocks the kid um, over the banister. Uh, kid falls three stories and breaks his neck and dies. Um, so that's essentially the the setup here. Um, we are following the idea that evil passes through, and that's told through the dialogue, um, that it essentially can be passed from one person to another, and that's essentially what's happened here. We see Corey then four years later, and essentially the town has just beaten this kid. Um, he has just suffered a, a whole heap um, over this four-year period um, where he's on the brink of breaking. Um, he meets Laurie Strode at a gas station, and uh, these kids are picking on him. Um, that then escalates um, as uh, Andy uh, Matichak's character, Alison, uh, who were followed in the last three films, um, essentially is uh, dating Corey at this point. Uh, they go on a night out. Um, Corey is confronted in a club by the mother of the son um, who died in the beginning. Uh, Corey then uh, leaves the club, goes home, um, is met by the kids who are bullying him at the start. Um, they essentially toss him over a bridge. And that's where he encounters the shape, Michael Myers himself. Uh, and, yeah, essentially we get Corey then going down a dark path as he sort of um, 
is tempted with fate. Is this what he was always destined to be? Um, is he a, a product of, I guess, the town just beating him down? Um, they're the questions that are asked. And, I, I mean, the origin of evil um, is sort of brought up here, and I, I appreciate these themes. And like I said, this is a vastly different story to what was marketed. If you watch that trailer, you just essentially get shots of uh, Laurie and... Um, and uh, the shape fighting essentially, and and that's all you get. Uh, we get Corey in one shot or two shots, sorry, in the trailer, the opening, um, which is him confronting Michael. And for whatever reason, maybe Michael's too weak. Maybe maybe Michael um, senses um, that the I guess the events that lead to to Corey being in the sewer. Um, essentially, uh, yeah, uh, Michael doesn't kill uh, Corey, and that's where Corey then um, starts luring people down to the to the um, the the sewer to for the shape to sort of take his form again because when we first see Michael he's just like decrepit he's injured he's got a limp um he's missing his fingers still from the 2018 film um I mean he had untreated wounds the fact that the man is still alive is is a miracle but uh, yeah he's been living in the sewer these past four years um and um essentially when he starts killing again we see that he sort of regains his strength um, and that's all really interesting, and and to me, that's not really what I was expecting or what I wanted. I can't say that. I honestly didn't know what I wanted from this film. Um, after the events of Halloween Kills, I, I was honestly just really let down and, and underwhelmed. And I was watching, you know, um, Halloween Kills not too long ago, and I was like, this film, uh, it wasn't just the fact that the 2018 one was so enjoyable that this was a letdown. It's just a bad movie. Um, which is a real disappointment uh, because that 2018 film lays pretty solid groundwork. Uh, so coming into ends, yeah, I, I didn't really care. I, I'll be honest. I was going to just wait and stream it or wait for it to come out on 4K. I wasn't going to go to the cinemas to see it, but um, I ended up going. Um, when I saw the divisive nature of it, I thought either it's exactly that, it's, it's Michael versus Laurie and people are tired of it, or they've done something, and they did something, and I, I appreciate it. And whilst the film doesn't really stick the landing, and I think that's probably the weakest part, is actually the Michael fighting Laurie. I know that's what a majority of fans wanted to see, but, I mean, at the end of the day, Laurie's a 65-year-old woman, and, and Michael's nearly 70, so do you really want to see these people in their mid to late 60s fight each other? I mean, it, it, it's satisfying in the context that it's it's wrapping up a... a 40-year-old character arc, but at the same time, I feel like 2018 already did, did that. Like, we, we got our conclusion, and where Laurie is in this film, um, she seems to be contempt with the fact that she is moving on. Uh, she's very much a victim of the town itself as well. We see that the um, the lady who lived next door to Laurie, um, where her and her husband were flying the drone in Halloween Kills, and she was stabbed through the neck, it seems that Michael let her live uh, for whatever reason, and now she's disabled. Um, and we get this confronting scene where they confront Laurie coming out of the supermarket to say, like, you know, you, you did this, you drove this man um, to to doing what he did, uh, and now these are the people who are left behind while you get to go on and live your life. But you see Laurie just with the shame that then just shrouds over her face, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis's performance, which, say what you will about her as a person, uh, very, very solid work here from her. And you just see that shame cloud almost just just go over her and how quickly then she becomes defeated. And there's lines in there from Alison to say, you know, the fact that she has been through what she's been through 
um, you know, Alison feels some kind of responsibility for her grandmother uh, because I guess the Strodes in general are just ostracised by the town because everyone looks at them and thinks, uh, you know what, you, you, you're a bit of a... Um, you know, you're a bit of a curse on the town. And I guess that's the whole idea that Michael had disappeared. Um, fear was still ravaging the town. We see like a montage at the start. that There was still like unrelated murders and suicides happening. Um, but they all feel like they're a result of what happened in the sense that these people feel that unrested and that unsettled in their own town that they are doing these violent acts. And that's all really interesting. And I, I appreciate those themes. And I think when you look back at the themes and the, the new things that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride had had sprinkled throughout. Now, they did have some help in this, so it's not wholly attributed to them. Um, we have uh, writers Chris Bernier and Paul Brad Logan uh, join the ranks here, and I think that was just to refine some of the story elements. And whatever revisions were made, I don't know what the original script looked like. Maybe it did focus more on Michael versus Laurie. Not entirely sure, but the revisions that were made here uh, are for the better for me. I, I find this film far more enjoyable than Kills, and if I'm being honest, I'd put it up there with Halloween 2018. Both films aren't perfect, but they work as really good accompanying pieces, and I guess Kills now fits in as that that middle piece as well, as, as like, a, a I guess, an extension of Halloween 2018. But like I said, I, I mean, I understand some of the criticisms uh, in the people who actually enjoyed this twist, people who think, oh, you know what, they didn't really stick that landing because it, it comes to an unsatisfying conclusion. I'm in that boat where I find that Corey's arc, um, you know, if he had have just died, uh, maybe that would have been more satisfying or him taking his own life and then um, Alison and... and Laurie sort of having to deal with the repercussions of that, you know, um, does Alison believe that Corey did take his own life or does it look like, um, you know, Laurie had done it um, because Corey goes on this massive killing spree at the end and one of the best sequences in this new trilogy, we have um, like a junkyard massacre which is elevated by Cody Carpenter and John Carpenter's amazing score. If you get the new soundtrack, uh, definitely give the junkyard a play because it's a fantastic piece of music. Uh, but that whole sequence is incredibly brutal uh, and, and quite unsettling and unnerving. There's a shot in this film that's actually, uh, if you watch the trailer, it's completely um, um, edited around to see that Corey wasn't the actual person doing it. But essentially, uh, Michael Myers and Corey uh, go to the doctor um, who um, is sleeping with the head nurse um, where Alison works. And the two of them have been quite horrible to um, Alison and Corey witnesses it. Uh, then later um, on in the film, um, when Corey's starting to, to you know, get his groove um, in terms of killing, he visits this doctor and kills the doctor. And we get this really um, unsettling shot where uh, Corey is essentially stabbing the doctor and the nurse comes outside because she hears a bit of a, a, a yell and, and some things break um, and turns on the porch light and we just see that um, Corey's wrapped himself around this man wearing a scarecrow mask and stabbing him. Um, then Michael comes and kills the nurse in the house um, and the two of them are killing together, which is interesting again. That's something we haven't seen before. But that shot, when that initial light turns on and we see Corey wrapped around this man just stabbing him, it's like really unsettling and you feel like you're lost as well in terms of like the this character has done what he's done now um, and there's no coming back from that. You know, he's a, he's a cold-blooded murderer and whether or not you agree with what he's doing, um, it, it just becomes incredibly unsettling um, and, and, yeah, it made me feel uncomfortable. So 
in terms of that, all of that works really well for me. And, and some of these kills are probably the most brutal um, of this new trilogy, and I'd say the franchise in general. Uh, leading up until the 2018 film, the film it's, uh, themselves hadn't been too gory. Um, but yeah, I, I just found it to be really, really entertaining in that respect. Uh, there's a lot of setup and payoff as well. Um, a lot of allegorical stuff going on, which I won't spoil here. But um, yeah, give it a watch and keep an eye out for things mentioned and brought up in the beginning. Uh, because a lot of that comes back in the end, which I appreciate. It's just good writing. So I guess if you're on the fence about this one, I think you just need to go and see it. Um, if you're a fan of the first two, this is very different to those first two. Um, but it wraps out this trilogy in a, in a, a different way. Uh, and I really appreciate that. And I, I think those who are criticising David Gordon Green, like I, I give the man props. He's made this 40-year-old franchise feel fresh, uh, which is something that hasn't been done for so long. I, I mean, you can like the 2018 one, which I really do. The 2018 one is a culmination of Halloween and Halloween 2. Um, it's, a, it, it's a proper legacy sequel. It reintroduces us to the characters. We get a satisfying Michael and Laurie showdown at the end of the film with the roles reversed where Laurie is the the aggressor and the the hunter um, and Michael becomes the hunted. We get all that, which is all really fascinating. And I mean... The angry mob stuff in Halloween Kills is what what drives me wild. I mean, if it's just a continuation of, of Michael killing on that Halloween night, you know, you can make that work. Halloween 2, for the most part, without the terrible brother-sister twist, works really well. Um, but, I mean, in Halloween Kills, it's just, it's just ang an angry nightmare. Um, if you want to watch a funny review, um, besides mine, I give my review a listen, obviously, but... Um, if you want to listen to another review, the Red Letter Media guys do such a good job with that film. Um, the comparisons to It's a Mad, 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 Mad World uh, and Titanic are hilarious because it's so true. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I mean, this trilogy has been relatively solid. It's got a weaker middle chapter, but it, it's born in for a strong conclusion. Uh, and like I said, I, I feel like the Michael Laurie stuff was definitely studio interference in a way. Um, maybe that's what was the contributions from the the new screenwriters. Maybe Danny McBride and David Gordon Green really wanted to go uh, down this route, and that's where the commentary track will be really interesting with those two. Um, they've done them on the previous two films, so I'm looking forward to listening to what they have to say. Uh, but overall, like it's just a, a really solid film, and um, the the tragedy that is Corey's character. Um, is, is really interesting and, and really well done. And I appreciate the differences. I, I really do. Uh, like I said, this isn't a perfect film. I don't really like the ending. Um, some of the characters come across as unnecessarily mean. And I feel like uh, that sort of leads to a bit of um, unrealistic um, moments in the film, especially with the bully characters. Uh, I know people do bullies, like, you know, uh, that happens every single day across the world. But. Um, just in terms of how these characters behave, I just feel like it is a little unrealistic, but that's not to say that it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, it, in terms of the way that it's written, it just feels a little a little forced. But at the same time, it works as a catalyst for Corey's actions, and I think in that way um, it, it works well. Uh, but that opening sequence as well is, is one of the more brutal things to happen in the Halloween franchise. Uh, it was genuinely uns unsettling and upsetting um, to see because uh, it's just this horrific accident and it didn't need to happen. But at the same time, um, it works as a catalyst for, for the, the whole film and I really appreciate that they went there um, because that sort of thing is hard to show. 
Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the film does fall apart in that third act a little for me, but at, at the same time, I appreciate that they at least followed through. Um, if you remember Halloween 5, which has, um, you know, is one of the worst out of the franchise, but it has a, a really good um, final moment where Jamie um, ends up killing her mother and we have Donald Pleasance, um, you know, come in there and he's just like, oh my God, no, no. And he starts screaming and, and realises that the evil's been passed from Michael to Jamie, um, which is, you know, a fantastic ending, but it never goes anywhere. We get the curse of Michael Myers and that's probably the worst in the franchise. I know people say Resurrection is and Resurrection ruins H2O, but yeah, it's a, it's a fucking horrid movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy this one. So it gets a thumbs up recommendation from me. Um, if I had to rate it, because I have rated the previous two, I'd probably give it a 7.5. I honestly had a really good time with this film. Uh, it's an enjoyable slasher film, and it doesn't feel like the others, which is a huge compliment uh, because the franchise has pretty much done everything at this point. So I really appreciate the way that they, they go um, here. So yeah, it was really, really entertaining. Uh, but that brings this review and the Halloween Spooktacular to a close for 2022. Um, I've had a really good time, guys. It's been really fun. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to talk about some horror movies with you. Um, I've done a fair few, um, more so than I was expecting to do. But at the same time, um, it's been really good uh, to, to finally sit down and enjoy doing these reviews. So, yeah, uh, go and check out the other reviews I've done over the course of the month. Um, I've had a really, really good time. And happy Halloween. Um yeah, it's a fun time. Um, go and trick or treat, go and watch some movies, uh, go and enjoy yourself. Um, it's fun that this holiday is becoming a little bigger here in Australia and I'm going to continue to be a promoter of that holiday. So look forward to, um, yeah, digging into some lollies and, and watching some scary movies. Um, but thank you again, guys. Uh, if you do want to reach out to me, you can message me on um, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at OzMovieGeek or send me an email, OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. That's OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys, and enjoy your Halloween. But until next time, peace out. <laughs> up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch Ooh, Must be the season of the wind Must be the season of the wind yeah. Must be the season of the wind